Well, welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Coffee Connections Insights with Innovators. I uh, hope everyone's doing well uh, here. We're back. Um, it's been, you know, another week, and I'm excited to uh, welcome our guest here today. Uh, but first, I hope everyone's doing well, and I say that because today's episode is on mental health. Uh We've got Gabby Spat. Now, Gabby is a genuine connector who is passionate about bringing people and organizations together to accomplish big dreams. She's the executive director of the Blue Dove Foundation. Uh, her career has uh, spanned with nonprofits and for-profit roles. Uh, she spends her time at the intersection of business and social good as the creator of movements around important topics of education, leadership, mental health, which I mentioned, substance abuse, and women's empowerment. Uh, she also happens to be uh, from Florida, and we'll get to that. Uh, she's been, she's, she is, like I mentioned, the executive director of the Blue Dove Foundation, which is the leading national Jewish organization focusing on mental health and substance education, awareness and outreach through a Jewish lens. Uh, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please join me welcoming our friend, Gabby. <laughs> Hey, it's wonderful to be here. I wish I had the memo about the sparkly jacket. I actually have one similar I could have worn. Oh, well, that's. Uh, did you happen to purchase it off of my back? Because, you know, that's my signature move at the end of every uh, gala that I do. I, I, I auction the jacket off my back for the organization. No, but I like that. That's a good thing to know. Mine well, if I ever do something for yours, I'll, I'll auction yours off. Oh, there you go. No, I can't do that. Mine's a family heirloom. Came from my grandmother. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's like the authentic ones, not the ones made in China. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 50 <laughs> or 60 years old. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't. I saw a special that went on the history of sequence and how they've, in like, it goes back to like, um, well, uh, I want to say like, you know, thousands of years or so. I had no I clue. Know. I'll look it up. Well, before we get into anything, I have to ask all my guests, it's Coffee Connection. So uh, are you drinking coffee? I'm not drinking coffee. I've actually never had a cup of coffee in my life. Um, I do have a coffee cup with me today. It is a special one, and I chose it just because of what I do drink, which is matcha tea, so green tea, which I picked up on a trip to Japan a couple of years ago. And that's why I have this sushi coffee cup. I love matcha. I love the way it makes you feel. It has less caffeine than coffee, but it offers so many more benefits to it. So I'm a matcha drinker, never had a cup of coffee. It's like my, you know, fun fact. And people go, what? Never had a cup of coffee. Never had a cup of coffee. Wow. Not even a decaf. Not even a decaf. I had one and if you could imagine, like, uh, when you, you know, see someone try something they don't like, it was like a spit out. Um, they accidentally messed up my cup of hot chocolate with someone else's coffee. And mm -mm, it did not go well. Okay. Wow. Um, this is the first time I've had a guest <laughs> that hasn't drank coffee and coffee connections. But that's okay. I mean, I'm drinking tea right now out of my coffee mug. And this coffee mug, I... Uh, I think you might recognize at least some of it. Oh my goodness. JPT, where the P stands for pride. Yeah. No, you, at least school. it used to. <laughs> our uh, high school 
Yeah, our high school mascot on there, the Trojan, the Tarvel Trojan. Yeah, so we, uh, if you haven't guessed yet, uh, we both went to the same high school. I was I graduated in the class of 2000 and, uh, no, sorry, 96, <laughs> college in 2000, but high school in 96, and you were, you came in there uh, a little after a little me. Bit huh? after. Yeah. 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 Were you uh, in, involved with any of the band or uh, drill team or debate club or the wrestling club? I don't know. Uh, wrestling would be interesting. No, I was actually more of a business nerd. Um, so DECA, which was, you know, across the country, tons of people are part of that business yeah. competitions. And then I was actually the class that started something called the Academy of Finance, which was part of the, um, NAF National Association. Um, I forget what it's called, but Academy of Finance, we focus on business curriculum in high school. And so we ran the school store, we did fundraisers, we sold the Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. So if you walked huh. down the hallway and smelled, you know, that smell, we were the ones selling them. We, instead of regular kind of English and business class or computing classes, we took business English, we took business computing, and we did a lot of projects that were focused on preparing us for the business world as as we went forward so um it was awesome i loved the experience wow yeah that uh <laughs> i still have memories sometimes of being in those hallways remember the uh that one hallway main hallway and they used to sell pizza out of that one little square yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh i don't know i mean sometimes i get sometimes i feel like i i, I have this like reoccurring dream it hasn't happened in a while but where <laughs> I'm like late for my finals uh, of my senior year, and like I'm like, did I graduate? I don't remember. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, I'm like, I'm 43 years old, and I still have this reoccurring dream. I mean, I don't know. Sounds like a movie, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, let's talk about your movie. Let's talk about what you do with the Blue Dove Foundation, and uh, just anything and everything about what what your mission is. Oh man, our mission is simple: eradicating shame and stigma when it comes to mental health and substance abuse in the Jewish community. You know, so how do we educate, how do we inspire, and how do we support our community to create a welcoming and knowledgeable community where everyone feels feels welcome and feels comfortable. So, you know, ultimately that is our, our goal. How we get there, there are so many different things that we're doing. We're a young organization. We were founded by a couple here in Atlanta who actually started an intensive outpatient treatment center rooted in Jewish values and quickly realized that the impact that they wanted to make on not only just the Atlanta community, but on the national Jewish community was much more than just treatment and really about education, awareness, and outreach of mental health in the Jewish community. Wonderful. Now, before we get to, uh, too far, um, mental health is, it amazes me in the last two years how much the conversation has opened up. The stigma of, of mental health, it, it, we're starting to really battle that. And, and well, it, you know, be, before COVID and now during COVID, I mean, even more so because uh, just what people are going through. Um, but it just is, it's very interesting to see that finally we're getting there. I'm actually wearing a shirt, uh, Backline. Backline's an organization in the music uh, field that's uh, supporting crew and musicians. So it's very similar, you know, except for instead of Jews, it's music. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I, you know, that's what makes these organizations that are, there are a lot of organizations working on mental health, right? Just like you said, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI for short, is probably one of the most popular. Uh, it is large, it is huge. They have chapters by state, they have chapters by city. You know, they focus on education, also awareness and outreach. And there, there's many others. There's Shatterproof, there's the Jed Foundation. And then they're based on different themes or different ethnic groups or different industries, right? Um, ours happens to be in the Jewish community. And the reason for that is we often forget, and I actually had a therapist say this to me when we hosted an interfaith mental health conversation. Last fall, during the Jewish holiday of Sukkot, we invited different leaders of different faith communities, some were clergy, some were just representatives, to talk about mental health as they see it in their own faith community. And I had a clinician say to me afterwards, I forgot how important faith can be in healing. And I'm going to bring that back into my practice a little bit hmm. more. And, you know, I'm not saying it's a religiosity kind of thing, right? You can be not super religious, but you can have faith or you can be a spiritual person. And we look at Jewish values in the work that we do, Midot, uh, to help guide our work, to help guide what we're doing, how we're feeling, how we're supporting people, uh, which, which makes us unique into this mm -hmm. community that we're trying to impact. Now, is it strictly Atlanta Jews, or is it global or, or national, rather? Um, we're really focusing on the national mm -hmm. community. It we started in Atlanta. We're based in Atlanta. We host a lot of hosted a lot of in person events in Atlanta. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and so we quickly grew to be you know the leading Jewish mental health organization, where large Jewish organizations are calling us to independent synagogues mm -hmm. and people are really looking at us for our content for speakers for workshops and creating things with them uh you know that jewish high holidays are coming up we're content creators we're going to have several different resources that are available that individuals can use in their own homes to look at their mental health to do a check-in with them to think about things, to look at gratitude through this Jewish lens of the high holidays. Now, so say someone like myself, right, you know, had a career and then it just shut down and uh, didn't have a therapist and, and um, didn't didn't know really what to do. And they come they call your organization up. How do you how do you process people? Uh, what, what's the process? What do you guys, what do you offer folks that are struggling? Sure. So we're, we're not a social service organization. You can't call us and say, hey, I need therapy. You know, we, we don't have therapists on staff. In Atlanta, we would refer you to, you know, something like the Jewish Family and Career Services or recommend something similar in your own community. We have a list on our website of local Jewish support organizations in different states across the U.S. You know, our focus is on education, awareness, and outreach, and making mental health just normal, right? Getting rid of the stigma that's there, normalizing the conversation. Uh, so that that's really where our focus is. Now, are you working with other organizations and groups to 
to help bring help them. So like, for example, you know, be it a, a Jewish sporting group or, you know, something like that where you're helping folks with these resources to bring mental health to the forefront. Yeah. So like I was saying, Jew, you know, organizations will call us and whoever calls us, we want to work with you. We have worked with some of the national fraternities that are rooted in Jewish values, um, sororities. We have had synagogues call us that we work with, um, BBYO chapters, different Hillels, which are on, stu- on college campuses that create a safe space for Jewish students in programming, where we've done stuff with them too. So we love working with everybody. And, and what's unique about us is we can help you bring this theme, right, this conversation into the work that you're already doing because we've seen so many types of organizations want to do this and don't know where to start that we can be creative and we can co-create something with you that works for your community because we recognize every organization is different, right? Their memberships are different. What they're looking for is different, how they talk about themselves. And that makes creating something unique and special so important because Mm -hmm. to get the buy-in from your members, you have to be speaking their language. You have to be creating something that they're interested in. Absolutely. No, that's, that's brilliant. Um, and I imagine, uh, well, I'll let people know actually here, I think I have it right over here. Uh, if folks are interested in getting in touch. That's how the blue dove foundation.org. Uh, there's tons of resources there. Uh, and like Gabby mentioned, um, that's wonderful that you can really customize things for the, uh, organizations. That's really amazing. Um, whoops, I there we go. Sorry. <laughs> Still learning the software a little bit. So uh, let's shift a little bit and talk about fundraising. Where Before the pandemic, let's, you know, last January, where was your primary funding coming from? So we've always been an organization where we know we need different kinds of revenues, right? As a nonprofit, particularly as a young nonprofit still establishing ourselves, we need to diversify our revenues. So Part of it comes from grants that we receive from both private foundations and public foundations. We also have um, sales revenues. We have a book that we've published that is a collection of personal stories from Jewish individuals across the country, actually even as far as South Africa, sharing their own incredibly personal understories in hopes of raising awareness, understanding hope, for making a change and supporting individuals in the Jewish community. Uh, My story is actually on page 15 and shares why I do this work. My background is not in mental health. Um, My background is in business and entrepreneurship or in in, um, innovation. But I lost my 30 year old sister to an opioid overdose three years ago. And, you know, it really changed the way I think about things and do this in her honor. So, this is part of our revenue generator, all it, you know, it's donations. We have other items, branded items on our website. And then we're really lucky that we've been supported by the community here in Atlanta and mm-hmm. outside of Atlanta through personal donations. You know, a lot of it comes from people who are connected to the mission, 
who are connected to the work that we're doing. Unfortunately, most of the time because of a tragedy yeah. um, and other times it's also donations that are made in honor of somebody's sobriety in honor of somebody, you know, keeping themselves safe. Oh, that's wonderful. I, I like that. that that's uh, yeah, paying it forward there. I like that because so often it's a memorial. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. But I like, Hey, this person's been sober for so many, you know, so long. That's, that's a good, that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. And, you know, fundraising is tough when you are still a small organization and don't have a full-time person dedicated to fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a challenge, but we're creative. We think about different ways that we can do that. We've hosted, you know, during COVID, a lot of um, people have gone to virtual programs, right? And we're so fortunate as a lot of people aren't charging for programs. Right. But sometimes when there's a nonprofit, there's an optional donation to get there. And we've been doing some of that with some of our programs and, you know, been incredibly fortunate with people supporting us through those kinds of donations. How large of a board do you have? Uh, we have seven members on our board. Okay. And um, what you said for going virtual, though, uh, there's a lot of organizations that are trying that out. What are some of the virtual events you've done? What, what were the successes and what were the challenges that you have? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, and listen, I, I experienced this myself, right? There's so much out there. When it's virtual, you just say, ah, we'll throw it online and we'll get people, you know, but it, it's tough to compete against everything else that's out there. You know, so we quickly had to unfortunately cancel some of our programs. And mm-hmm. there's some that we're able to pivot easily online. And there's some that are a bit more challenging. What was um, one that, that was really successful that you did online? Um, we did a self-care holobake which went wonderful. We did it in maybe a week after the pandemic started. And what was, everyone was doing holidays in the Jewish community. But what made ours unique was that the person who was leading the class was doing it from a place of self-care and how this idea of this ancient ritual and how using your hands in the tactile arts of getting dirty and creating something can bring this sense of calming to who you are. And we had people across the country join in of, of all ages, uh, which was really nice. That was a huge success. It was actually our largest online fundraiser too, raising over $1,200 for us. Wow. So and do you still, was, do you still have it available for people so that it has a longer life or is it, was it a one-time thing? Um, we did them a couple of times and okay. there's another one that that'll come up in October, but the woman who teaches the class, um, she does them on her own. Uh, mm-hmm. She doesn't. Beth Riccanati. And so that was fun. That was, I think, one of the more successful ones. And then other things that we've done, we did a, um, during Mental Health Awareness Month in May, we had a whole slew of events, ones that we put on, ones yeah. that partners were hosting that were like-minded, mission-aligned. For us, we love collaborations. We value partners. And believe that a lot of the success we have is from both of those ideas. You know, so we highlighted them. But we did a program. It was a mental health um, Shabbat ritual. We did it mm-hmm. with one table and the next gen group here in, in Atlanta for young adults. And what we did was we identified five leaders who are in our community who really have an interest in mental health. 
we asked them to lead us through this very calming, very intimate Shabbat ritual experience. And Shabbat is uh, the time that disconnects the, the work week to the next week. And each of them shared a few sentences, thoughts about the ritual that they were performing and then performed the ritual and used our alternative text that's part of our mental health Shabbat guide to, um, to lead us through the ritual. It was a beautiful program. It was short and sweet, which is something I believe is incredibly important when you're hosting online programs and workshops. And it was streamed live to Facebook and we have almost 3000 views. Wow, that. that's wonderful. So we ha yeah, had people tune in live into the Zoom room. We were streaming it to several different Facebook pages and then have gone back and seen how the video is, is watched. Yeah. Now, when you have a live in-person event, uh, do you guys refrain from having alcohol or is that is that is, you know, you're dealing with substance abuse, whatnot with folks or is that not a not an issue? Uh, we definitely stay away from alcohol. Um, it is, you know, like I said in the beginning, our whole thing is about creating welcoming and knowledgeable communities. And when you are somebody who's struggling, going there and having that temptation that's there is is really tough. And we don't even want to put somebody in that kind of situation. You know, what we'll do instead is we'll serve green tea, right? And talk about the positive effects that green tea or infused waters can have on your body and on your mind. And that green tea is calming. That green tea is offering endorphins into you too. So we really try to be cognizant about the environment that we're creating to ensure that it is the most welcoming that it can be for anybody who walks through that door. That's wonderful. Um, well, is there anything else you want to share about uh, anything coming up or um, anything else with the organization? Yeah, so our biggest thing that we're focusing on right now is the Jewish High Holidays. And so we'll have a whole campaign going on about that. Again, creating these ways that we can use mental health and Judaism together for personal reflection, for personal growth, for calming, for strength. Um, so we'll definitely check those out if you're interested. We have our book, like I mentioned, it's available on Amazon in an audiobook and paperback and soon to be, um, or it's in Kindle, soon to be audiobook. And we oh, also hold on. Have, who's who's going to be doing the audio? Please tell me it's going to be like, uh, you know, some uh, uh, what's uh, Eugene Levy or someone like that. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> speaking of fundraiser, if we could get to him, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> or any other incredible Jewish individual who is incredibly open about their mental health. Howie Mandel, Melissa Rivers. Uh, you know, Ryan you know who Howard. actually. Gary, uh, Gary, um, the comedian, Gary and his Jewish last name, real tall guy. Oh my gosh, I forget his last name. He just did an HBO special about mental health. He's, and he lives here in Atlanta. I um, know. I need, uh, you would know I the name of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very, uh, the, the, the show is amazing though. It talks about how he lived in New York city. He was struggling with mental health. I mean, this guy, he, he would go and do these big, you know, concerts and comedy stuff. And you'd think this guy's like totally normal. And then he goes home and he's battling and he took, you know, he took and to get the medicine right and the whole journey. Um, really, really it's great. Uh, 
great, great um, series. Not series, great documentaries, what I was trying to say. Sorry. But that would be a good one, you know? Let's work on it. Um, All right. (laughs) Sarah Silverman has a great documentary that she was a part of, also talking about different comedians. You know, so for us, it's it's really, you know, how can we get people to continue to speak out, to continue to share stories? Because I truly believe it is the only way that an impact will be able to make sense. And Absolutely. that will happen. Michael yeah. Phelps is the perfect example, you know, outside yeah. of the Jewish community. He's very vocal about what he does and what he has struggled with and how therapy has supported him. He's the spokesperson for talk therapy, which is an app that you can um, text people with. How, I mean, how can we do that in our community? Yeah, I think the I think one of the important things about mental health, and I said this on the last show with The Giving Kitchen, uh, is people will go to the gym and they will exercise and work their muscles and uh, but yet they'll, they won't work, so not they, but often it's overlooked to work your mind as a muscle. Yeah. And I can tell you, you know, I, I go to therapy and, and I've, Got a, it took me a minute to find a good therapist. I went a couple of years. I went to you know two different folks, and it didn't really hit. And then the third one is like I've been with for several years, and I can see the changes. And the changes are so small. You just baby steps, so, so small steps, but you eventually get to to really you know change yourself. Uh, and then adding things like you know running. I'm an avid runner now. I run all the time. I mean and. You can do these things that will ma- and make you your head space so much better, but it's not it's not quick, and I think that's something that people have to realize that it takes a lot of work, and also some people, and you, yeah, I'm curious where your take on this, but I find you know often when a musician commits suicide and we lose them, one of the first things we all say is, I had no clue, especially if you know that person, you're like I had no clue they needed help, what could I have done, and not always can you do something. And not always is there help for people if they if they're not open to it or or want it or sometimes it's just not there. So so mental health awareness to me isn't just to save a life or to help one person. It, it's so much bigger. Mm-hmm. It, it it's not something that you know we're going to change, right? It's something that everybody together changes. It's a it's a communal effort. We can fight and we can fight, but unless we as a society begin to change the way we think, begin to change the way we educate ourselves, that's where the real impact is going to make. Because you could think Mm -hmm. somebody is the best person in the world, has the best life, everything they could ever imagine, and be struggling inside so much, right? But they don't feel comfortable to say that. They're shamed. There's a stigma where they live. That's you know? the piece. That's the piece. And, and if they and see that, that yeah. if they see it, if, if we can make the change the way we communicate, then we can make it a much safer environment or more comfortable environment for folks so they feel less uncomfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And, I, and, that, and that's, that's the help we can do. And that's the change as a society where, uh, you know, if someone commits suicide, it's, oh, this is terrible, you know, all that. But And then you don't hear about it. It's like, no, no, in, in between that time, we should be talking about mental health and talking about uh, and checking in with our peers and, and whatnot. I mean, and I've seen a little bit more of that in the last year or two. That's that, that's what I was saying, where people actually do the how you doing 
question they actually mean how are you doing and they generally want to know and and there's a lot more listening and sharing going on amongst friends i mean so you know those are things that i see and i I hope that that that's you know spreads further i think it's definitely changed um you know definitely in the last 10 years we've seen a lot more advances but we've also seen a lot more in the medical studies right of all the sense 50 60 years ago there wasn't the data there is today. There wasn't the understanding, there wasn't the teaching behind it, which is mm-hmm. also, you know, making big strides. And you could say that for any kind of disease, right? A hundred years ago, the study of cancer was completely different. Right. Um, well, you, you, you hit, it, the hit it, though. You said disease. I mean, when you talk about substance abuse, people always saw it as abuse. Alcoholism is mm-hmm. something, you know, an alcoholic, why they just have to stop drinking. And the reality is, no, it's a disease. If we look at things like a disease, then we could we can handle it with science. And science is also, you know, me- I mean, you know, therapy is a form of science. The, yeah, yeah. And it takes time, you know, and you're being vulnerable during this conversation, right? And sharing, it's the same reason I always share. Why I share my story of my sister who struggled, who, you know, went to our high school too, to Taravella, mm. and really struggled her adult life. Um, I always choose to share. I put myself out there. I create this space. And then other people say to me, oh, I know somebody or my family member this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing you just did is, is putting yourself out there and being vulnerable that lets other people know I'm a I'm not alone. B you know there is something that someone can do. That person's going to therapy. I should try that. I feel that same way. Yeah. And that's part of the medicine. That is part of the societal medicine that we yeah. need. Yeah. I just you know, and it's hard to. I always find it hard to put my head inside of someone else's. You know, like when when someone commits suicide, I just don't get them. Like, couldn't they have done why? And it just takes a lot to say this person lived a life that they were so unhappy, so miserable in their own skin that for them, the only way they could, they, they, they were done. And who am I to say they were wrong to do that? I mean, it's, you yeah. know, it's their life. I mean, obviously we want them to be alive. We want, but I, but my point is we, we, it's so hard to imagine what someone else's voices are because our voices are loud enough. I mean, and listen, you're a Jewish organization. I'm a Jew. Trust me, we got loud voices. You know? and and so it it's it, it's a lot. And so I, I I I very much appreciate what you're doing for um, the overall community, and I wish you all the best. Uh, and as you have stuff, please let me know. And again, folks. Uh, I encourage you to take a moment and uh, go to their website, the bluedovefoundation.org. I put that there on the bottom. Um, and and Gabby, thanks so much for joining me. Before I have you go, though, I do have uh, one question. Uh, you, I ask all of my guests to invite another guest on to make a recommendation. You were recommended by Josh Shire from Jelf, who was our first guest here. And is there some an, an, an Atlanta organization... Uh, that you would recommend to be on the show? There is one. Um, one that I, I think has just been doing some of the similar work that we're doing. It's called the Jewish Fertility Foundation. And they are talking about t- a topic that is so taboo still in society. And we've done multiple programs together with them. We're like-minded organizations. We support each other. And our missions are very aligned. 
in supporting yeah. individuals who are struggling. Uh, I think you'll amazing. have a wonderful, yeah, I think you'll have a wonderful conversation with the founder, Ilana Frank of the Jewish Fertility Foundation. It's the irony here. Uh, the, it's very coincidental you bring them up because I had a uh, I had a coffee uh, connection the other day, just an in person uh, uh, with a friend that actually um, suggested them. Not suggested was telling me the work they do with them and introduced me to the organization. Never heard of them before, and here you are bringing them up. So uh, something's right. So uh, I'll, I'll let's after this do a connection if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, but thank you again, uh, everyone. Please check out the BlueDoveFoundation.org. We'll be back here Tuesday uh, for all past episodes and future episodes. You can go to yourrockshenier.com. Uh, Coffee Connections is there. I want to thank you all again. Gabby, have a wonderful uh, rest of your week, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye. You can.